Welcome to Kite Line, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in Indiana's prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on Kite Line, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before we get started with this week's theme, we want to share some prison-related news. On April 15th, a New Jersey judge vacated the conviction of Eric Kelly, who has been incarcerated for 24 years for a murder charge after a DNA test on an item from the crime scene identified an alternative suspect. This is yet another case in which a false confession led investigators to focus on the wrong suspect. Kelly and Ralph Lee, whose conviction was also vacated on the 15th, were convicted of a 1993 murder after allegedly confessing to the crime. Kelly suffers from significant cognitive impairments because of a brain injury from a car accident, and his alleged confession didn't match key details of the crime. In overturning the conviction, the judge said the case involved, quote, one of the best examples of tunnel vision one could imagine, unquote. Witnesses at an earlier hearing in the case testified that false confessions are a leading cause of wrongful convictions, contributing to over 25% of the 351 exonerations nationwide. The Crime Reporter announced that for the second time in two years, Senators Dick Durbin and Chuck Grassley are introducing to the Senate a bipartisan bill called the Sentencing Reform and Corrections Act. This criminal justice reform bill came to a halt when first introduced because of Republican infighting. The bill would decrease mandatory minimum sentences for certain drug offenses and what it terms armed career criminals, and at the same time, increase mandatory minimums for other offenses, such as domestic violence. The bill passed the Senate Judiciary Committee in 2015, but didn't get a hearing on the floor of the Senate because a small contingent of vocal Republicans opposed it. The effort to pass the bill could start a conflict with Trump's Justice Department, since Attorney General Jeff Sessions was one of the major opponents of the bill when he was a senator. He and three other Republican senators called the bill, quote, dangerous for America, unquote. This week, we have two contributions, one closer to home and one many more miles away, but both aim to describe an unfair relationship of power each contributor's community faces. We first hear an essay from a prisoner in southern Illinois, followed by a statement sent to us from a friend who's a member of the community of the Mapuche people in Chile. Last week, we reported on two deaths that have recently taken place within the walls of Menard Prison in southern Illinois. This week, we're airing a contribution read by a supporter of Sun Ra, a prisoner at Menard who says that in the past three months there have been two murders committed by state actors inside the walls of Menard Prison. He says, This news sent folks behind the walls into a rebellious dance with the guards, resulting in two guards being stabbed, only minor injury though, and the whole place went on lockdown. Again. This is an all-too-common occurrence at Menard. Last month, another physical confrontation between captives and these racist pigs went down. At some point, a captive was stomped out while in handcuffs, and his skull was cracked. He was in a coma for a bit, but word just came out that he died, You can hear the full account in last week's news. 
Up next, we hear a reading of Sun Ra's essay, Demons of Solitude, with an opening quote from one of his most recent letters. Unfortunately, we're now in a world turned upside down by the patriarchal white Indo-European Aryan order. We live in a world where Donald Trump can brag about sexually violating women and still become president. We live in a world where he can claim to be under the greatest witch hunt in history. Do he really want to burn at the stake like a woman? This world must be destroyed, and in America, maybe it's time to say no to all presidents. It's time for the left to stop capturing all of our creative energy and ferment and funneling it into the Democratic Plantation Party, whose graveyard is full of our desires. Democracy is a sham. It's time to create an insurgent communal culture based on the unity of life. You already know. Words by Sun Ra, who's currently incarcerated in a maximum security prison in Southern Illinois. This essay is called Demons of Solitude. I exist in an unending state of dehumanizing mental implosions. The indefiniteness of it creates a dense and torturous situation, a superimposed condition known by the beast to solitary confinement. I'm confined inside a concrete box of torture, not unlike hell. The mirror drilled into the wall reflects a disfigured man gazing back in utter disbelief. Ain't I human? The demons in my eyes are possessions born from the unconscious internalization of official lies that rationalize the reproduction of my humanness. Under the violent psychological assault of the worst of the worst propaganda, I've been effectively removed, both socially and physically, from the family of Homo sapiens. This is worse than hell. Ain't I human? My tormentors have zombie eyes. When looking into my concrete box, they don't see me, even as they count my black body. I am cell number eight. As they indifferently move on, the unnatural process of depersonalization will continue with society's task of murdering my identity and breaking my spirit. This anti-human political policy of social isolation and sensory deprivation cuts me off from the humane interdependence that makes the I, I, don't I exist? The essence of my human beingness is communication. So naturally, a policy of shutting down phone access comes into play. The brutal assaulting on my essential self never ceases. And the sadistic denial of an embrace of another human being, as well as the smell of a divine fragrance of human connectedness, plunges me deeper into the dark abyss of nobodiness. I'm outside my body. A decade of torture has encased my soul, paralyzing stupor. My sensory faculties have been maimed. I can no longer feel. This unloving system has forced me to search for pain, since I can't feel love. So when I scratch for an itch, and when the itch becomes the scratch, when the scratch becomes an open wound, I feel again. The law deems me a slave of the states, an object that has no rights that my tormentors are bound to respect. Nevertheless, an ancestor exorcist spoke through me about being sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
Revolutionary reverberations vomit up the diet of racist and classist demon lies about my subhumanness for the sake of reclaiming my humanity. Thus, in the sacred spirit of resistance, and without asking for permission, I rebelled. The moral imperative of revolt mandated a collective hunger strike with others who had rediscovered their humanity as well. Meanwhile, the immoral imperative of repression mandated the anti-human goon squad to take me from my cage and shackles to see the warden, the chief administrative torturer. I was suspected of organizing the bold protest out in front of the prison by autonomous and authentic human beings that could be seen from our cell windows. Our humanity was affirmed by their solidarity, and their humanity was reciprocated by shouts of, We love you! Freedom! And F*** the police! The chief torturer wanted to know who was the leader of the slave uprising. Surely we must know that our collective act of revolting humanity was against the rules, a dangerous disturbance. Standing firm in righteous indignation and steadfast camaraderie, stop resisting was in the eyes of the chief torture as the blow from the threat made contact with my psyche. Which out-of-state prison do you want to be shipped to? My mother and children shouted down this unjust act of suppression from inside teardrops of black-on-black love. However, no chief torturers ever moved by this kind of love. Objects are to be used, not heard. So, to hide the beauty of humanity, to hide the beauty of the setting sun, to hide the beauty of the full moon, to hide the beauty of the mighty Mississippi, to hide the beauty of truth, metal boxes have since been fabricated and placed over all the cell windows. The chief torturer's attempt to blind us from the truth will not prevail because we are guided by the light of inner vision. Truth crushed to the earth will always rise. Who, therefore, will step forward and help exercise these demons? Now we have a contribution from a member of the Mapuche Nation, both in its original Spanish form and an English translation. In this, he shares with us the relation of power between the Mapuche people and the Chilean state. We get a picture of the struggles that the Mapuche people are engaged in against the Chilean government, multinational corporations, hydroelectric companies, and European colonial powers. Mari Mari, Peñi, Lamien, hermanos, hermanas, amigos todos. Mi nombre es Jaime Huanchuyán, Cayul. Pertenezco a la comunidad del Lofte Mugwikui de la Nación Mapuche. Eh, bueno, a través de este mensaje poder brevemente eh, relatar la historia del pueblo mapuche y la relación con el Estado chileno. Eh, desde que el 
El Estado chileno eh, despojó mediante la invasión, mediante la guerra, por vía de la violencia, eh, usurpó el territorio eh, ancestral mapuche y despojó a nuestros eh, abuelos, bisabuelos de, los, de las tierras, eh, ejerciendo eh, violencia de parte del ejército chileno hacen un poco más de 130 años desde ese periodo que eh, la relación y la convivencia entre el Estado chileno Brothers, y sisters, friends, everybody My name is Jaime Juan Chuyán Cayul I belong to the Lostimo Vincui community of the Mapuche Nation In this message, I would like to tell the story of the Mapuche people in our relationship with the Chilean state Since the time of the Chilean state, it has dispossessed through invasion, through war, through violence, the ancestral lands of the Mapuche, displacing our grandmothers and grandfathers from these lands, exercising these forms of violence through the Chilean military. Nuestro pueblo nunca ha renunciado a su territorio. Es por eso que continuamente nuestro pueblo, las comunidades Mapuche, reivindican el derecho al territorio, el derecho a determinar nuestro propio futuro, de, a la autonomía, derecho también a la autodeterminación. Derecho que, eh, del cual los pueblos mapuches nunca han renunciado, derecho que están también avalado y reconocido por el derecho internacional. Pero lo más importante es que aquí en el territorio mapuche, la gente por mucho tiempo ha venido eh, luchando contra las empresas transnacionales, empresas forestales, centrales hidroeléctricas, eh, contra también los colonos eh, europeos que eh, se vinieron a apoderar del territorio eh, avalado por el Estado, por las políticas del Estado chileno y de los distintos gobiernos que ha tenido el Estado chileno. Y en el último tiempo nuestro pueblo... Eh, ha logrado organizar y se ha levantado para eh, recuperar estas tierras y es por eso que muchas comunidades hoy en día han avanzado, han devuelto a su territorio ancestral It has been a little over 130 years and relations between the Chilean state and the Mapuche people have not been good The state has permanently and historically imposed the doctrine of negation, repression, racism, and all kinds of institutional discrimination against the Mapuche people. Since that time, our rights have not been recognized. But also since that time, the Mapuche people have never renounced our claim to our territories. This is why our people reivindicate our right to our lands, our right to autonomy and self-determination. This right is recognized internationally. The most important thing, however, is that here, the Mapuche people, for a long time, have been fighting against transnational corporations, forestry companies, hydroelectric companies, and the European colonial powers that took over our lands, whose stronghold is upheld by the Chilean political system. More recently, our people have been able to organize for the protection of our land, and it is because of the struggle that our communities have been able to advance and return to their ancestral territories. We have been able to recover our identity, our culture, our language, our own spirituality that is innately connected to the totality of nature. This is our cosmovision. This is something that state politics, that only see the demand for assimilation, for state aid, do not understand about our people. 
This is another reason that our struggle has intensified. The Mapuche nation's firm conviction of advancing towards liberation from all those who have oppressed the Mapuche people. Many of our communities have been able to return to our original lands against the pressure from those who have usurped our lands. Us, the Los Timubincui, have been able to expel a transnational logging corporation comprised of primarily European colonists of German, Swiss, and French origin. This fight has been ongoing and constant, carried on by our communities, by all those who form our family, with the history and memory of our ancestors, and the transferred knowledge of our mothers, fathers, and elders. This is how our people have been able to reclaim our lands, the state, in conjunction with local financial elites, see that we have advanced in this realm against those interests that have devastated Mother Earth, those interests that have caused the extinction of so many native species, that have destroyed flora and fauna, ancestral forest, introduced other invasive species, devastated the quality of land, cultivated monocrops to create economic capital for themselves, thereby destroying a Mapuche culture that is indivisible from the land itself. This vision that we hold, they see as a threat to their economic interests, and it is because of this that the government, in the last year, has created three bases of military police near our communities. This means that the repression and detention of our communities happens daily. Here, the state, just last week, invoked an anti-terrorist law directly targeting the Mapuche people. This constitutes the racist genocide against the original people against the Mapuche. The various forms of government that today calls itself a post-dictatorship democracy has in three instances used anti-terrorism laws against the Mapuche people. In 2009, from our community of Los Timo Wincui, there were 10 Mapuche comrades who were jailed for many years and deprived of their liberty because of these laws. These laws, created during the dictatorship of Pinochet, are very harsh because they suspend due process, human rights, and allow for the police and Chilean intelligence services to utilize actual legal methods that run contrary to the logic of human rights. In our own exercise for self-determination, we have denounced these dictatorial laws to so-called human rights organizations that have rejected these measures. Some time ago, an edict from the United Nations ruled that anti-terrorism laws cannot be applied to indigenous peoples, but regardless, the state has turned a deaf ear to these recommendations. Eh, este, creado dos base, tres bases policial militar eh, cerquita a las comunidades mapuche y esto constituye que la policía militar a diario no es cierto viene reprimiendo viene persiguiendo viene deteniendo a muchas eh, integrantes de comunidades mapuche que estamos en lucha eh, aquí el estado ha invocado la semana eh, recién pasada eh, invocó la ley antiterrorista eh, en, directamente en contra del pueblo mapuche. Eh, y para nosotros eso constituye una vez más, ¿no es cierto?, eh, el racismo, el genocidio que eh, ejercen ellos en contra de, lo, de los pueblos originarios y del pueblo mapuche. Aquí el varios gobiernos, principalmente que se dicen gobiernos democráticos, post-dictadura, eh, en tres oportunidades ya han aplicado la ley antiterrorista. Y nosotros, nuestra comunidad de Temucuicuy en el año, el año 2009, eh, hubieron 
10 eh, hermanos mapuches de aquí, de esta, de esta comunidad encarcelados por ley antiterrorista, donde por muchos años tuvieron privado de libertad. Esta ley antiterrorista creada en dictadura de militar, en dictadura de Pinochet, eh, son muy eh, duras, eh, porque aquí se vulnera el debido proceso, se vulneran los derechos humanos, permiten que las policías y los servicios de inteligencia chilenos puedan utilizar métodos eh, que van... Eh, que van fuera de los derechos humanos. Entonces, esa es la ley eh, hoy en día, lo que está haciendo el Estado chileno con el pueblo mapuche. Pero eh, aquí eh, han habido hermanos, hermanos mapuche condenados anteriormente, condenados por la ley antiterrorista. Eh, pero también nosotros como ejerciendo el derecho a la libre determinación, también hemos llegado a denunciar esto a organismos de también organismos entre comillas de derechos humanos, donde han manifestado, han este, condenado al Estado, al Estado chileno por aplicar estas leyes dictatoriales. Aquí también un, un tiempo atrás un relator de Naciones Unidas eh, dijo que eh, no se puede aplicar la ley antiterrorista a los pueblos indígenas, pero sin embargo... El Estado hace oído sordo a estas eh, recomendaciones eh, de organismos de derechos humanos. Y en ese sentido, nosotros, por el anuncio de la semana pasada que lo van a aplicar la ley antiterrorista, aquí estamos expectantes porque eh, nos, eh, sabemos ya lo que porque anteriormente lo que ha significado por toda la violencia, por todos los allenamientos por todo el daño que se produce, por ejemplo, a los derechos humanos de los niños, mujeres, ancianos, jóvenes, y también a las autoridades tradicionales del pueblo mapuche. En ese sentido, eh, eh, como mencioné al inicio de mi mensaje, el gobierno, este Estado y todos los gobiernos han tenido eh, esa visión contra el pueblo mapuche, de perseguir, reprimir y violentar y desconocer eh, los derechos que hoy en día nosotros tenemos y todo lo que hemos logrado también por la lucha que nuestro pueblo ha, ha llevado adelante. Y por toda esta amenaza, por toda esta militarización, eh, el pueblo mapuche con más fuerza va, va a continuar luchando, a pesar de que hayan hermanos encarcelados, tenemos una autoridad, por mencionar un caso, un, una autoridad espiritual, religiosa del pueblo mapuche, el machi celestino Córdoba. En este sentido, como he mencionado antes, el current state, como like todos los gobiernos en el pasado, ha mantenido esta visión para y contra la mapuche people, de persecutar, represar, no abusar y no reconocer los derechos que tenemos, ni todo lo que hemos conseguido en el pasado y que nuestras personas han sido capaces de seguir adelante. And because of all of the threats, because of all of the militarization, the Mapuche people are resolved to continue to fight with even more strength, despite the imprisonment of our brothers and sisters. In one case, we have a spiritual leader of the Mapuche people, Machi Celestino Cordoba, who has been sentenced to 18 years in prison. Throughout the entire trial, the state was unable to prove his participation in any of what he was being accused of, but nonetheless declared him guilty. 
Today, he is serving a sentence in Temuco prison. Meanwhile, there are many brothers and sisters who are awaiting trial, having been deprived of freedom for a long time. For example, all the members of our community here have at one point or another been in prison, and in this sense, we have sought solidarity and recognition on an international level from other peoples. For us, the Mapuche people, the same way that our ancestors did, who sought allies. The Mapuche people had its own territory, its own language, its own form of government, its own vision, its own way of life, its own culture. And that's what we today continue to do. But the sectors that call themselves powerful because they manage and control the repressive institutions continue usurping the land, destroying it, killing it, the rivers, the waters, the animals. And today, we are confronting all of that. This is why it's important for us to continue fighting, to leave something for our descendants, for those of us to come. No cierto, manejan y controlan todas las instituciones represivas y solamente para continuar ello usurpando las tierras, destruyéndolas, matándolas, los ríos, las aguas, los animales y hoy día nosotros le hacemos frente a todo eso. Es por eso que es importante para nosotros eh, dar, continuar esta lucha, eh, porque para dejarle también a todos los descendientes nuestros que más adelante. Eh, y en ese sentido nosotros vamos a, vamos a seguir, vamos a continuar. In this sense, we are going to continue looking for people who want to know, who want to understand and support the struggle carried out by the original peoples, carried out as Mapuche people. This is what I can offer all of you in general terms. Thank you. Special thanks to those who interpreted and read these contributions for us. This has been KiteLine. Anyone affected by the prison system in any form is welcome to write us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. KiteLine wants your feedback. You can reach us via email at kitelineradio at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Are you or someone you care about affected by the prison system? You can call us to record a message to be played on the air at 812-269-2512 or you can use this number to record a message to a loved one behind bars. You can hear previous episodes of our show or get more information on the prisoners or stories covered on KiteLine at our website, kitelineradio.noblogs.org. You can also find our podcast on iTunes. 
Kite Line is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. We are not responsible for all views expressed on the program. WFHB, its contributors, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the views expressed on the show. This has been Kite Line. Join us every Friday at 5.30 p.m. for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our communities. Thank you for listening.